0: Love Talk Radio. Hello, and welcome. Uh, we are the Spirit Sisters, uh, and I'm Shauna Glidden, and I'm Debbie Threat. And this is our sixth show, and we are delighted that you are joining us and welcome all those who are regular listeners. We are deeply appreciative and welcome any new listeners to the show um, this week we're going to talk about the dark night of the soul and healing with the power of the west um, and uh what we do, for those who are new listeners, is we usually uh, do sacred space creation as the beginning part of uh, the show. And the purpose for that, for our new listeners, is to be able to gather together as sisters, no matter where we are in time and space, Um And to be able to ground into the space to listen with all of our senses and to be in that embodied space together that is sacred, where we can be truly who we are meant to be and allow this energy to move us into a deeper part of our magic and its power. Um, the next thing that uh, generally takes place is Debbie shares the book of the week I share the goddess of the week and then we go into um, some wonderful things this week about the dark night of the soul and the power of the west Um, so without further ado uh, I would like to beckon all of you to gather around uh, this energy space that we are creating as a container And settle into where you are in your chair you know wherever you are listening to this podcast Um, and keep in mind if you're uh, driving as you're listening um, that you will have to have uh, some attention to the road (laughs) Um, but as we uh, move into this space what I invite you to do is settle into the space as I said where you are and I want you we are going to take three big belly breaths Uh, that are typical that you would do in yoga, which is breathing out in your belly all the way up the front of your body to the top of your head and cascading the energy down the bottom of your feet into the earth and connecting to the roots of grandmother tree there to be grounded and stay grounded and flexible in the uh, connection to the as above and the so below as we do this. So here we go. Breathe in through your nose from the bottom of your feet Breathe it up and push out your belly. Move the energy and that breath up through the top of your head, down the back of your body, out your feet, deep, deep, deep into the earth. Breathe out and connect your energy and your fibers and intention to grandmother earth and the tree roots in that sacred space. And again, breathe up, up, up. Through the top of your head, out the back, down, cascading down your body, out your feet, deep into the earth and the roots of that grandmother tree and be grounded. And again, breathe in up to the top of your head, cascading down to the bottom of your feet, into the earth, and to wrap your fibers and ground around the roots of grandmother tree, that great tree of life. And now breathe and just be aware of your breath. And allow yourself now to put your thoughts and experiences in everyday secular world into a balloon or out in a box outside your door, knowing you will reclaim them when this episode is finished. And any worries and stress and strife, just put them in there and breathe in. And let them go. And I want you to settle in as I call to the powers of the four directions and the four worlds of Grandmother Earth. And I call to the powers of the four directions, to the powers south, to trust truth and innocence, fluid emotion, emotional balance and control, and the heart of the child in its innocence and curiosity. And I call to fluidity and energy and motion, may we be one with you. And I ask you to hold this self-gateway as we explore this dark night of the soul so we may be tender and gentle with ourselves and recognize that we are all human. We are individual and distinct, but we are connected to all things. And the soul and our connection is awakening as we do this. Come, be here now. And I call to you the power of the West to mystery and magic, alchemy, to the deep, powerful darkness of the womb of Grandmother Earth and Grandmother Earth and that womb and all of creation, for this is the place that we are created and birthed from and we return. I call to you to death and transformation and rebirth, to change and that transformation into our true authentic self and a call to you to reveal the wisdom and magic about the darkness and to recognize that it is necessary to be the light. Allow us to move into those places within ourselves as they come without resistance or fear or panic, and to move into those places with the purpose of transforming and being the light, bringing that light into the darkness. Great Grandmother Earth, be that light. Through magic and alchemy, intuition, through the power of death and change and transformation, to be the light in that darkness, particularly when we are in that dark night of the soul. Help us to move out of that dark place as we release and we reconfigure into our true, authentic self, reclaiming our power in those places that are lost and fragmented. Come, be gentle with us. Hold that space, protect us and guide our way. I call to the power of the north, to wisdom, knowledge, logic, to multiple flexible viewing points, to intent and coordination, to the power of the wind and air to be gentle with us as we are in those dark, hard, difficult places. Help us to align with you and allow the winds of change to gently blow us into that new place to rebirth in a beautiful way without pain and suffering that is long lasting and, and in a lifetime allow us to acknowledge the wisdom that lives within to plug in our wisdom into the memory of who we truly are and to activate that in our living life and allow our spirit to guide our way come be here now a call to the power of the east of spirit of fire the element of warmth and light, illumination, of burning away all that is old in the past and unnecessary and has outlived its cycle. I asked to align in this space and for you to hold this sacred space open, to move in our hearts and light the way in the darkness, to warm us when we are cold and afraid and alone, to bring us into our true, authentic, mirrors of light self-reflections as we see the reflections that are dark and of the shadow. Help us to burn away that which is old and in the past, the places that our shadow has gripped and controls us. In that dark night of the soul, in those moments, bring the light, the fire, the warmth, the eternal illumination and enlightenment. Help us to determine from these places, from the power within and from great spirit and use spiritual determination to find our way. Come and make it effortless. Bless us with love and light. May we be that eternal enlightenment. May we be awake in this space. Come be here now. And I call to you to center, the everything, the nothing, the place, the void, that which has the sacred rhythms and book of all things. May we remember who we truly are. And any time we are in darkness or pain or suffering or in that dark night of the soul, reclaim the fragmented parts of ourself in the most powerful, empowering way that is safe, nourishing and nurturing. Hold our back. Help us to birth that new place and bring it in the world. A call to the wisdom of our Hokushidahe, our highest self, the place with the soul that knows who we are, to the ancestors and the Aguns and the... uh, angels and archangels and our souls guides and creators and our guides and spirit guides and power animals to help us navigate this place as we learn about this place and as we navigate through and out of and into that place that we truly are come make it effortless guide our way may it be a love and light and self-actualization place help to deepen our deep appreciation and self-love From a place of true, authentic love and power and balance. Come be here now. And I welcome you all into this sacred space. Come and share this place with us today. Oh. God,
1: Shauna, you're a hard act to follow, girl. (laughs) (laughs) I was just looking at Giddy up, girl. And the buckle up girlfriends. That's right. It's going to be a hell of a show. I was looking (laughs) inside in the. And the wind started to whip around my trees, and I'm Uh thinking, "She doing, girl? She doing? She's going a little crazy. We're we're firing her up." (laughs) (laughs) Oh,
0: Mm.
1: so hang on. Mm. Um, Yeah, today's show is uh, is actually it's it's going to be it's a universal experience, really. The Dark Night of the Soul. I don't think you can be alive for more than a few years (laughs) and not experience. I mean, when you're a child there could even be this as well, but um, the dark night of the soul and soul loss will be our topic today. And um, soul retrieval, there, it's been well written about and it's been known for a millennia that soul loss is something that is a, is a human condition. Um, for those of you not familiar with the term or have never heard of it before, um, it's going to sound maybe uncomfortably familiar to you once I kind of describe it. Um, the sense of soul loss generally happens after a, a trauma. So, you know, and it's a normal coping situation where we disassociate or, or part of our soul in the shamanic terms goes off and freezes in time or it, 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 it is lost. It, it goes and hides away because it's too difficult to be in the body. Um, so it leaves us for a little while. And the work of Peter Levine and his beautiful book um, In an Unspoken Voice, uh, really deals with more of, of the in-depth type of what we've learned about the nervous system, and he studied nature, and, and that's probably going to be a whole other show where we really could get in, in more in-depth with PTSD and things. But, but we're going to this idea of soul loss is kind of an umbrella topic. The indigenous folks um, from way back knew about this condition, and it was considered to be the most Uh, serious of of ailments because the person really was not in there and therefore wasn't um, an active part of their society anymore so they would hold healing circles after a, a conflict of some kind or if there was someone in their, their midst that had had a trauma and they would hold ceremony for that person to have pieces of their soul come back and it would often be blown back in by the shaman and there's many, many, many different um, ways to do it in all different cultures. But the interesting thing is most cultures in the world that are indigenous had some form of ceremony for retrieving the soul. And... Um, Often it involved dancing and singing and um, some kind of energy work and and a lot of beautiful um, things that would bring the community together around this person. Um, So the dark night of the soul is something that's slightly different, but it is connected to soul loss because the dark night of the soul is something, is a transitional phase that most of us have experienced if you've ever had your whole world paradigm challenged by an event Um, in my case it was the death of an employee uh, about 20 oh gosh over 20 years ago now Um, you know it was a sudden thing Um, she was a victim of suicide and it was an absolute it it totally blew my mind it was the worst and probably the best thing that ever happened to me personally because it woke me up and uh, bless her heart Uh, she was an incredible lady and, um, you know, suicide is is a difficult place, but I definitely understand now looking back that um, experiencing that as a group with my team, we collectively helped each other through some soul loss because when you experience trauma that is difficult to handle at the moment, it, and it shifts everything that you believed in and like it did me, um, for a while you feel just changed and different. And sometimes that can end up being a good thing. But a lot of times if you're numb or if you feel like there's gaps in your memory or, um, you know, if you suddenly you're finding yourself turning to addictive um, behaviors, other you know, with substances or um, things that you're doing, maybe shopping. For me it was shopping. I wanted to buy things to fill the hole and it wasn't working. And many of us find ourselves, you know, doing things that just we want to numb. We want to be not here fully because we aren't here fully. And we're unable to feel joy to the fullest extent or or um, love to the fullest extent. We're kind of numb. So the dark night of the soul is, you know, often a temporary situation that precedes something much bigger and brighter and we're going to be going into a rebirth of some kind so the west really talks about which was the direction we're going to be exploring today about that sense of death and rebirth and it's interesting that the egyptians never had a word for death they called it westing which is interesting and you've got to think about it from their perspective where they they really worship the sun and the sun was everything to them you know the fact that it disappeared for a while every day and then came back up in another direction. It felt like it must have been dying, much like we do with our our bodies. We leave them behind and then we pop up somewhere else. At least that's what their belief was in the reincarnation. Um, but if you suspect that, um, you know, soul loss is something something is that you've experienced. Yeah, if you're if you've been feeling, you know, a depression. Um, of course, if you're you know clinically depressed and and there's something that you have been working with your medical professional I certainly don't you know say drop everything now go to a shaman and you know however it might be something that you may look at and explore like did it happen after a certain event and if so there are some things that you can do and this has been explored with um, many of our veterans um, doing some spiritual work Um, Lisa Ling on um, our America had a documentary about a shaman-led workshop for many uh, Iraq veterans that was very moving. And I encourage you to look it up. It was on the OWN Network, and um, it, it was absolutely the most powerful thing I've ever seen on television. And, uh, you know, when you watch this person's one particular veteran go through when he started, he did, you could look in his eyes and tell he wasn't there, and then at the end, you could see he was back in there. I mean, he had some more stuff to do at the end of that. So certainly, it's not the magic bullet, but it certainly helped him. When nothing else worked. The medication and numbing didn't work. And unfortunately, a lot of times in our mental health situation, um, in the psychology, um, the, the, the way the therapists are taught and and really are held to um, treat people with what the shamans would call soul loss in their language is is often not effect effective. So, and I'd like you to read a little bit. Um, from Sarah Ingram book soul retrieval, which is the book that I've chosen for this week. Um, the, the subtitle is called mending the fragmented self. Um, I have the revised and updated edition. So that's probably the edition that you'll find if you are looking for it, but I highly recommend it. If you're looking at this subject and thinking, Hmm, this is something that really relates to me or someone I know and love. And uh, I would really look into it. Um, recommend that. But I wanted to read a little bit of something about this in the psychological world. Um, Therapists of all stripes have seen this, and somebody wrote, she has quoted in her book, um, Soul Retrieval, from another book called The Wounded Healer by uh, Jean, or I guess it's a Jean, Sterberg. I am so bad for saying people's names. I'm really bad. Me too. Um, <laughs> I'm going to start calling myself Debbie. Yeah. <laughs> you too um, funny. So yeah, so soul loss, according to this Jean lady, uh, says, is regarded as the gravest diagnosis in the shamanic nomenclature, being seen as a cause of illness and death. Yet it is not referred at all in modern med- Western medical books. Nevertheless, it is becoming increasingly clear that what the shaman refers to as soul loss—that is, injury to the inviolate core, that is, the essence of a person's being—does manifest in despair immunological damage cancer and a host of other very serious disorders it seems to follow the demise of a relationship with loved ones career or other significant attachments so following the demise of a relationship with loved ones career or significant attachments or a diagnosis of an illness or a divorce or whatever it is um, that can lead to soul loss which then can lead you into the dark night of the soul which is a place where when you're there, it's it can be very scary because everything that you thought you knew, you no longer know to be true. And often it precedes, like I say, a great revelation or transformation in yourself that um, requires you to burn away all that you know. So it's a very fiery place. It's a very scary place. And uh, Sean and I can both relate to that. Sometimes yes, people it call can. it a midlife crisis. <laughs> I it think can be. That's yeah, it can be. It can be part of that. Um, but it, it is a place that, you know, probably many of us out there listening and, and beyond are are in, but you, there's nothing in our society that really tells you that that's what it is and that it's okay and that it's, it's actually, I would say, a normal part of being human. Yeah, because
0: I think
1: so too. You, if you go through life and you remain constant in your beliefs the entire time, you're a very rare person. You must have been born, you know, very smart and wise and, and uh, knew what was going on of oh, the whole time. Or you're stuck. You're so, or you're stuck, so stuck, you've <laughs> not move past high school era, and uh, probably we all know someone like that. They're, they're, they're yeah, because we obviously
0: have to keep moving. Yeah, you have to keep moving.
1: And you either go, I would say, you either go um, willingly and openly and curious, with a you know, kind of a heart full of curiosity, or your drug there um, through, you know, some kind of total shift or change in your life. Like I say, a death of a person or
0: um,
1: you know, a loss of your finances or, you know, it could be anything. And, you know, there's also there's many traumas, you know, of not of the little everyday disappointments that can wear chip away at us and, and uh yeah, so soul loss is uh is definitely a part of the dark night of the soul. And if you're in the totally. dark night of the soul, if you feel like you are, um, I would say in a strange way, congratulations, because it means that you're moving through and you're getting rid of the old self. I would say the world right now in yeah. general, would you say Shauna is in the Ellen. dark night of the soul right now? We're, getting, I we're moving into there, I think. We're, yeah, we're mo- other, yep. we've already been there. Some people could yep. argue different perspectives, but with the uh, rise of uh, very right wing type of uh, politics and ideology in the world, um, the terrorism that we're experiencing, uh, we are, I'd say, collectively in a mm-hmm. dark night of the soul in the world. Mm-hmm. And although it, it is it is, a, it is a tumultuous time and a scary time in some cases, um, I look at it as a very positive thing because I know what's on the other side. I know the other side will be that we finally decide what we are going to we're, we're letting go of the old that that does not serve us we're, our you know major institutions are crumbling the capitalist you know, structure of our finances is not working, it's failed, and it's failing, and it's dying, and it needs to die, and in order for it to die, we need to go through this, and if President-elect Trump has done anything good for this world, he has exposed the darkest shadow self of, of our collective psyche um and so we can see, see it for our, it, what it is like mm-hmm. we can no longer say oh it doesn't exist you know only certain people think that like he has said here it is <laughs> on a grand scale so unless you acknowledge something it can't be healed or changed or moved so we are moving out the old the tired the the, the dark to allow in the new and the light and the amazing into our world. So, um, so don't get too, so caught up. And I have to remind myself of this as well. And every, you know, new story that you see that you think, Oh, okay.
0: <laughs> this is good, right? This is good. Well, so, and it's okay yeah. for it not to be good. It's okay for yeah. that. I mean, that that's part of what we're going to talk about later. We're going to talk about, you know, basically how you, Um, What you do move out of resistance. It's it's about moving collectively. What you're talking about is a place of coming to terms with the reality of where we are at in the moment as a collective. And Mm -hmm. um, that is the shadow part of ourselves. And it lives in every single one of us in one way or another. And if you go find it, um, you start to push past the resistance that you're talking about to be able to get Mm -hmm. to the fact that we are moving out of it. Yes. But the, and that's sure. what you're going to share about the dark night of the soul, because really you can't, mm-hmm. you know, um, I do a lot of work with clients in their suffering and their pain and, the uh, you know, issues of abuse and lots of things. And, you know, ultimately, I tell people you can do a lot of energy work, which is really an important, valuable tool, but you have to do emotional work. You simply have to. So part of all of the process. Um, that we go through in A Dark Night of the Soul is about that place that you're talking about, about really being in the in that moment where it really is in the dark and you feel lost and all the things that you're going to talk about later. And mm-hmm. actually feeling your way into it and coming out the other side because you are able to let it move. Um, so, yeah, I agree with you. I think that, you know, that's how we are collectively going to... Move through and past all of this with you know Trump is kind of like the messenger,
1: yeah, for sure, yeah, I
0: agree so i think
1: maybe. I think my dark night of the soul kind of started when I was really beginning to feel. Um, not satisfied with what I did for a living. And I was a hairstylist for many years, and I always loved it. It always fed my soul. It always gave me energy, even though I'd be exhausted at the end of the day because it's hard physical work. um, There was something about it that always fed me and on a level that I really can't... Describing words, it was it was a passion. It was something I loved, and I still love the artistry of hair design, and, and I love the the um, the ideas around it. But I just didn't want to do it anymore. So it wasn't that I didn't want to do anything, anything to do with the industry. It was just that I didn't want to physically do it anymore. And something was calling me. I was, I was getting this very powerful message in my intuition that made no sense because I was very successful at being a hairstylist. That I had I was working for my home. I was making great money. Um, it was, it was wonderful because it, it, I could be home with my children, and, and, you know, it made sense, and then it started not to make sense anymore, and my kids were growing up, and I thought, well, maybe it's because they're older, they don't need me home anymore, but it was deeper than that, so I festered for about three years, I won't even lie, I was, I'm was i pretty stubborn, I need a big old rock to hit me upside the head, and, and it was just, it, let's just put it this way, it's really easy to listen to your intuition when it's telling you something that's obvious and in your face, but when it's telling you something that doesn't seem to make any logical sense, <laughs> then it's a lot harder to listen to those whisperings. And at first it whispered to me and then it started to talk to me and then it started to show through to me, through my body. It was just, my body was starting to just shut down and, and, and be sore and I couldn't stay, you know, it was just, and I was sad. Every time I would think about a day behind the chair, it made me feel sad. So I knew I had to change it up. So for two, the past two years, I flipped it flitted from this to that to let it go and mourned it. And I had to grieve it. I had to gr- yeah, let it go and grieve that's what it I'm like talking to about. the actual yep. person that I had. I was saying goodbye to. Because it was. I was saying goodbye to that person that I was. Right. And that was what Shauna helped me see, that I, I needed to grieve it just like I was losing. Much like if you go through a divorce and you have to Absolutely. grieve the idea that you're going to be with this person forever like that dream is gone and um, I and on top of that I was I had been going to school part-time in the thought that I would maybe transition into a career of being a therapist and uh, without going into the gory details that didn't seem to be the right thing as either which is really confused me because I felt like it was the right thing but it it really wasn't and I really needed to learn about trauma and about the things I learned about for my own healing. And that was the big aha there as well. So I'm now lost. I'm like, okay, if I'm not going to be a hairstylist, I'm not going to be a therapist. What am I? Who am I? What am I doing on this planet? Like, I know I'm a mother and I'm a, I'm a wife and, and I'm a citizen and, and I'm all that stuff. But really, who am I? And I felt so lost. I just felt completely like a little dot, floating in the world. I had nothing to anchor myself to. And and it was scary. It was so scary because I wasn't used to that. I was used to having a plan and a purpose to get up in the morning and, and a goal to work for and, and something to do. And my children was were not needing me as much anymore, although they still needed me, you know, to do the things for them that you do as a mom and drive them here and there or whatever. But I just I just felt like I wasn't even in there. And then in the middle of all that, uh, my husband and I were on vacation, and I had to save him from choking on some not well-chewed steak. <laughs> and so, in the middle of all that, I'm doing this CPR on him, Heimlich maneuver, first aid. Thank God I remembered it, and it left me with I would say a moral case of PTSD. So there I was, in the middle of feeling lost and unhinged, I now was agitated and angry and and didn't even recognize in myself, although I had studied about PTSD for the longest time, fascinated with the whole concept of it, um, couldn't even recognize in myself that I had it. And so then I was further in the hole. I just felt completely and totally, probably more than I let on to the people around me because I really didn't know what to do with it. So, what brought me back was I just decided. I actually can't even tell you really what it was if there was this pivotal moment, but it was like I just decided, okay, I need to know, stop resisting being in this space and start accepting that I really don't know and it's okay to not know. And that the minute surrender. I surrender that, I surrendered. Exactly. That's surrender. I surrendered it. And yeah. I went, okay. I Nothing I can do right now is helping. So yeah. I have to stop doing and start being more peaceful with this place. Uh, and maybe. once I did that, I went from looking outside of myself to fix it to inside. Oh, my darlings, that's when everything changed. <laughs> mm-hmm. It just started to shift. And I accepted where I was. I got okay with feeling vulnerable and okay with feeling like... I, I didn't have a title anymore, or the status of whatever it was, I got okay with it. And I got okay with just being me. And I could cry even talking about it because it was like, holy crap, I, got, I had to accept that it was okay to be on this planet and not be productive for a while. <laughs> that well, is productive. See, see that's, Yeah, that's
0: the key. So, you know, that's, that's all that story is the most magnificent illustration, of not just the dark night of the soul and fragmented parts of yourself. Mm -hmm. But it is a beautiful representation of becoming embodied. Because everything, everything, and it's like, I know, people want to roll their eyes, because I talk about this so much. (laughs) But, you know, (laughs) it is not because I just want to hear myself talk. It is because once we are truly in our body and we are living our life from the wisdom that literally is there by accepting who we really are in that moment, being present and receptive, then the answers and the experiences and people are attracted to us in a way that begins and it's like following little breadcrumbs. To get yep. to the Wizard of Oz like Dorothy in the so Wizard True. of Oz. So then I and, could be
1: still. Yeah, and the right. things would come to me. And right. it wasn't that I had to go and and hustle and shuffle and and make it happen. Although exactly. you do have to...
0: Uh, no, no, but it's, it's, it's not without action. No, it is the balance between action
1: and receptivity. Action and, and effort. And before that, I was just acting, and I was impulsively, go. okay, I'll go here, I'll, this will fix it, and go there, but it really, what the fix wasn't outside of me, the fix was inside of me, and it was through being present and accepting um, that I was more than my, what I did for a living, and I was more than um, my titles, and, and what the, how the world saw me, and to really align with my spirit, right. and get in alignment with my thought, mind, and 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 feelings had my mind, body, and spirit had to be in alignment. And I had to get really clear that even though I didn't know what my new job would be called, it had to serve my soul. It had to serve my spirit. And it had to make me feel every day like I was so lucky to be here and do this. And I can't believe I'm getting paid for it. Like that's exactly how I started to think. I don't know what it's going to be, but. So I started another job that was uh, in the industry, but outside of it. And, you know, within, it taught me to be vulnerable and to be okay with asking for help. So that was the great teaching in it. But I knew on some level I was only here for a little while. And this was a stepping stone to the thing that I was really going to do. And uh, sure enough probably six months in or so, not even that far in, um, I got the uh word that I had an opportunity to be a teacher. And the funny thing is is way back out of high school that's what I wanted to be. And I was discouraged to be that so I was eighteen and I believed everybody. <laughs> but I think too, when I look back at that, I don't think that's really what it was. I think I just it wasn't the right way in time for me. No, and, no it's a different uh, way. Yeah. It was just I had to do this little little uh, side route, which I'm really grateful I did. I really, really am. There's no regrets at all. Um, so, yeah. So if you're out there and you're in this place of, I really do not want to do what I'm doing anymore. and lot, And I'm paid really well. And I've got a pension. And I don't know how to leave it. And, oh, my God, I know that place. <laughs> but just trust. Surrender to the not knowing and be okay. And do what your heart tells you. And your heart doesn't scream at you. It will whisper. That's the the craziest part, too. You think something so important would just land in front of you. (laughs) And sometimes it knocks us over the head, but a lot of times it whispers. And you really just need to trust. Trust and surrender. Oh, That's a whole Beautifully, <laughs> beautiful,
0: beautiful. So what I'm going to do yeah. is I'm going to put the goddess of the week at the end. How's that sound? Okay. Because I'd like to just lead right into the West, only because I think it's a perfect place to do that. Do you feel Absolutely. okay with that?
1: I feel okay. fine with
0: that, my dear. Okay. So, so the first thing that I I want to say is like, when I'm talking about the West, I want you to sort of experience. Uh, Debbie's story and to have it sort of filter through you because it will illustrate so much of what I'm sharing you know um, the West is um before I start, I want people to know that there are different powers and energies and uh, animals and and whatnot in the directions, depending on the tradition that you come from. So this is one of the traditions that I've been trained in, and that's why it may be different than your spiritual beliefs and what the West represents. But there will be an equivalent to um these aspects in whatever direction, um, because that's how it works. So for uh, me, the the West is a representation, first and foremost, of the physical, the body where you live, where you work, what your living is, uh, your physical health and it's your strength of your body and your physical ability to uh, create and live your life and thrive and be sustaining. So it's everything you can think of about the physical world, including, you know, the actual place where you live. And building on top of that, the West is about receptivity, the energy of receptivity in the body. So when you listen to Debbie's story, one of the things that was incredibly important for her to be able to move through that uncertainty and that pain and suffering and the darkness that she was in, Being lost in the world as her place changed in the world. She had to surrender into being receptive to literally what was asking to be changed. Because the West is about change and transformation. It is the energy of using receptivity as you align with the physical power of Grandmother Earth. Grandmother Earth is the keeper of the West. And the womb of Grandmother Earth is the place of birth and death. It's where we come from and where we go back to into the earth. It is the receptive container that creates life. You have to be receptive as a feminine. So it is the divine feminine energy in a receptive container that is sacred and it's dark and it's mysterious. And it is the place of the unknown. It's also the place where mystery and magic and alchemy live. So as we move deeper and more profoundly into our body, particularly as women, because as I've shared, we are the embodiment of Grandmother Earth with our own womb. Whether you still have one or not, you still have the energy of that. And I've said men have spirit wombs. But we are a part of that receptive, creative aspect of the feminine and of the West. So it's mystery, it's magic, it's, it's the power of creation, it's intuition and our inner wisdom and the wisdom of the great divine, particularly female wisdom. So when you listen to Debbie's story and her lived experience because that's where power really lives it's not from a place in your head we we can apply these aspects of the west to her story as she's moving into change was actually happening for her and she felt it in her body as sadness and energy loss and not feeling that she was thriving as she engaged with this way that she made her living in this persona of debbie as a successful hairstylist who has mastered these skills so this aspect of her had fulfilled its contract with her it literally had said okay debbie you know in your book of life at this stage of life this is what's going to occur and and at first even in her awareness she was unconsciously resisting that change. And, and as she shared with you, there was fear and uncertainty in that place, which is how we all resist. You know, and, and it takes many forms, but that's the underlining kind of essence of it all. And, and as she, you know, tried to put the widget into the place that it had always been by being a hairstylist, it did not go away. You know, and anxiety and uncertainty and depression and all those things she shared with you started to percolate because she she wasn't at an awareness point to be able to embrace her inner wisdom that says, okay, when you feel this way, it means it's time to change. And then it had to deepen itself in her so she could start to try to make change. So, you know... um, some elders have shared with me and I always get this wrong, but I'm going to tell you as much as I can remember uh, um, when something has to change, you get a little gentle, you know, nudge. Then you get a bit of a push Then you get a shove and then you're going to be in, at leap. When you are at leap, it's literally life threatening. So are it behooves us to listen to our body and it's, and learn its language as we've shared with you. And the West is all about that. And Debbie's story is magnificently showing you that that's what finally helped her to let go and to surrender and find that magical place within herself, that her inner wisdom said, see, Deb, this is the road. And she followed it to this magnificent place that she's at today. So it's in the body that the feeling and emotion is the kernel of beginning to see that change. And it means that they may be uncomfortable, like a pair of shoes that you can't put your feet in anymore because they're too hard to do that. So in order to find the new shoes that fit your feet, it's a journey, and the West is about literally journeying into yourself, into the darkness, into the unknown, and when you do that with a place of openness and surrender, and it doesn't mean that you don't feel sad or sorrow. And, and I love the, the aspect of Debbie's story that talked about you had to grieve. You have to grieve. You know, and I have a similar experience. You have to grieve that self that was. And, and not from a place of judging that self, that was a beautiful, important part of your. Soul and your lived experience and your development to acquire the power that you have in your lived experience from the knowledge that you glean. But it is a place of letting go and grieving that to move into being open to rebirth into this new place. It's the light before the dark. And anybody that's had a baby will know that when you hit transition, they call it, when you're breathing, 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 and the baby's head is just about to crown, and you cannot, in your head and your body, you're, you're spent. You can't breathe anymore. You're so mad. You're so frustrated. You're exhausted. You want to cry. You want to give up because, and I literally said, I, I can't push anymore. It was 35 hours of labor. Insane. Anyway, I can't push anymore. And, and, you know, the doctor in one birth and the midwife, God bless her, in the other birth, said, let me breathe with you. So as I breathed one more time, with the help and support of that energy and someone else, my child and both my children were born. And Debbie birthed herself into this new life. That's why, you know, Debbie, it, it touches you so emotionally. I could cry thinking about this as I share this with you. It is such a beautiful, powerful place that is so challenging. It tests every aspect of what we think we know. It tests the foundation that we are walking on and we've built our life on. It's the place that we think we can trust about ourselves that places this enormous self-doubt and going, what the heck am I doing? Am I crazy to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, when, when I moved from where I lived to here to go to university at 42, after having a very thriving, successful therapy practice and and a medicine community and lovely friends, you know, and I did it because my world started to close down my my sources of revenue were different. It was harder to make a living, you know. It, it People were moving. Things were happening. People were out eclipsing out of my life because of their life events. And I was becoming isolated. And it was that pain. I really recognized that sorrow and sadness and exhaustion. I was exhausted, mm. you know. Yeah, I didn't it is think an exhausting place. It is, yeah. truly. Mm. So off, you know, I moved to Nova Scotia. And I'm in this whole new world going to university at 42, and I'm the oldest person in my class, and my husband couldn't move with me. I mean, I won't go through the whole story because we don't have the time. But the bottom line is, I hear you. I, I thought I was dying. I literally thought I was dying. I was because so agonizing. It, yeah, is. A part it of us is. A part of it, us
1: it, I look at that now. I can look back True. at it now because when I was in it, I couldn't see it as clearly as I no. can now. No,
0: no, no. Because I, that's I the knowledge of was, the West. Yeah, yeah. Right? So, so yeah. you had to. That's all of it. That's the essence. You have to live through an experience to make it your embodied in your body in emotion and lived experience knowledge. That's power. It's not how much you can read or how many degrees you have or how much money's in your bank. It's, sure, that's worldly power according to whoever's in power, but that's not authentic power. So what the West is about is authentic power that lives in the body and it is connected to you in every lifetime you have ever had and all the power and all your ancestors' lifetime. It is the realm where we do that change and transformation and die into the parts of us that have a cycle and a timeline that need to move. And when our life turns inside out, it happens because we cannot or do not know how or are purposely resisting letting go no. and dying literally. Uh, shamans call, uh, you know, there's the big death where we physically die and move into another realm. But there are little deaths. Mm-hmm. And that's what you were talking about. So yeah, a Yeah, it's death, that's
1: weird because I was just thinking that it's called like a yeah. little death. That's what they're yeah. called.
0: They're little death. So okay. So you can when you move yeah. uh say from an apartment to a house, but it's what you want, it's a little death because you are changing. Yeah. You yeah. know, you move a position yeah. up or down, it is a little death. It's a little
1: death. So yeah. and
0: and then there are these big cumulative death experiences when we're alive in a yeah. shamanic way. That is our spirit dying into its true self, which is yeah. getting rebirth. And that's where memory yeah. lives. That's where we're claiming. Oh my God! I never knew I could do this skill. That's how it happened for me. Being a medium, I had these skills, mm-hmm. but never really, truly acknowledged that's what they were. And my dad died. And I'm you, want to talk about a dark night? Two years in that place. So yeah. I so know, as do you, you know, soul sister. Absolutely. Uh, yes. I we know, having come through that place. You into it. So it's all about the West. So, you know, things about the West help you to understand you and that process, particularly as a woman. So now what, what percolating all of Debbie's story and all of what I've shared, Debbie's going to talk a little bit about the symptoms and indications about uh, soul loss and and share that with you.
1: Yeah, soul loss, um, we touched on a little bit before, but it it really manifests itself as, um, often the most obvious is depression. Um, and I'm not talking about the real, like, you know, suicidal place of, although for some it may get to that place that if you're resisting. But I I, I, I want to caution you here that, you know, if there are chemical imbalances that people have. and Oh, and totally. We're, it's we're not a replacement for mild, therapy. Moderate <laughs> depression, yeah. Totally. Yeah, this is... This is uh, a, or, you know, it can be just a melancholy that never seems to leave you. You're just sort of, you're, you're with people that, you know, you don't enjoy the things you used to enjoy. You feel very lost or, or a place that I knew really well was a numbness, um, a very apathetic kind of, uh, what's the point, you know, of that, like life is pointless and you really get into this helpless, hopeless place, um, your immune system sometimes will start to crash you'll get every cold going um you'll just get over one cold another one's coming through like your immune system is never you you may have adrenal fatigue where you're you know because because your body's in fight or flight mode all the time your adrenal glands are drained and you know you go to your naturopath and she's like yeah you've got adrenal fatigue and you need to you know take this this and this so that's a sign that you probably are experiencing or in the midst of a dark night of the soul um you may find yourself, like I say, having addictive behaviors that you might have always had an inclination to, but are getting stronger. You know, you're, maybe you're drinking too much or you're relying on substances to, to make you sleep or, you know, you're gambling or you're shopping um, too much. And, you know, many, many things can be happening. Um, or workaholism is another sign that, totally. you know, you're, trying, you're running away from really being with yourself. Um, I know people that never can not have a television on or a radio on because they can't listen to, they can't be alone with themselves. And that's another sign that you probably are, are uh, needing to just turn all that stuff off and need it. Although I have to say, in my case, I, I craved quiet. Um, but I think that was part of the PTSD symptoms that I had. I wanted to have silence, total silence. I couldn't even tolerate the sound of a car going down the road. And how strange is that? When I look back on that, I'm like, Oh my gosh, like that. That's just, you know, not who I am. And, and the whole time I remember saying to my husband, I don't feel like I am I'm, I'm myself. Like I'm really not, this is not who I am. And I, I lost my sense of humor. I, I felt, um, you know, even when I was laughing at something, I was surface laughing. It wasn't that gut belly, real good chuckle that you have. Um, you know, you're, you feel like a deadened feeling, So, you know, I urge you, if you are going through any of those things, of course, if you have a therapist, you should, um, you know, connect with them or a mental health uh, person. But, you know, consider energy work, consider meditation, consider journaling. Um, I invite you to go inward. Reiki, um, you know, acupuncture. Shamanic work. Shamanic work. Mm -hmm. Uh, All those things can help you. Um, stop looking at external sources because when you are in the dark night of the soul and you're meant to transition, almost everything external from you will fail you. And that is the truth. I couldn't have built a clientele again if I was the greatest hairstylist in the world because I'm not supposed to do that anymore. So I had to let go of what, what used to serve me and feed me and look for something different. And it scared me to death because I didn't know what that was that place of vulnerability was new to me and I did not like it and I don't think anybody really does naturally because it is a frightening place but I'm telling you that what I the biggest thing I learned is in my vulnerability my willingness to drop my all my masks and surrender and be vulnerable and open
0: was where I I found my
1: Yeah, that is where I was the strongest and I got chills because that is the one thing, if I know nothing else in this life, <laughs> is that when you're willing to drop all of your defenses and your masks and your and your shields and everything that you have up in your identity and you really let that all go, and it's not something you can intellectualize. You have to feel it. That is when you really find yourself and your strength. And it, it's, um, yeah, it's something that I, I really... Wish upon everyone listening and everyone in this world, even though it is one of the hardest things you can do. I hope and, you get there, and I and you probably will. If you're on this yeah. planet, you're here to change and evolve, change and transform. Um, so when I think about you know um, the world in, in a greater sense at, at large, I think that's where we're headed. We're headed to that place of surrender and and dropping to our knees, and saying I the flag is up like just. Let us go inward and um, well, and find out who we really are.
0: Yeah. A couple things I'd like to add to that is that I really believe it is the time of spirit. So we have to be awakening because that's what your story really magnifies. In my own lived experience, we have to we move into the body and we allow that to guide us. That is what
1: collectively we're doing.
0: Yeah, we are moving into becoming aware of our
1: spirituality. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. we're moving into that as a consciousness. So our conscious and and really what happens after a dark night is your consciousness is raised and and your energy is raised. And I think collectively. Uh, we're, we're sensing that in the world like things that yeah, we used we to are. rely on are no longer there and that is a micro our macro of the micro of, of what goes on in a personal level in a dark night so, um, so don't despair it's 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 just it's a very important time and probably unprecedented because well when you think back' we're, this world has always been in some kind of turmoil there's always been Turbulence. you know well, crazy but that's transition changed. going on yeah, but that's I think changed. now we have a physical manifestation of our connectivity we which is, which is the internet, which is something we always did before. The shamans always connected to the, the great, you know, consciousness, the great spirit. Um, now we have a physical manifestation through the internet where we can connect each other as human beings in a physical way. I can email someone in Australia today and, and get an answer, you know, if they're on the other end listening and, and getting my email. So um, we can. We can do this now on a more um, in-your-face external level, but it still requires us to go inward to make these
0: shifts in our life. It's so, about balance. Virginia. Yeah. It's so, that. I'm aware we got about four minutes left. Yes,
1: where we've so we're
0: down to the wire um, again. Got to go, go fast.
1: Go so fast.
0: Okay. <laughs> I'm gonna add one last thing, and then I'll do the goddess of so the week and close the circle. Um, I would encourage you, if you can find the book, uh, "Daughters of Copper Woman." And it, it may be out of print, so you might have to really search for it. But uh, there's a story in there which I think illustrates um, about uh, uh, spiritual practice in the body. As so the grandmother's sharing, well, it's about um, Aboriginal um, women in the U.S. that uh, in ancient times. And it was during times where villages were raided and, and girls were... Harmed and women were harmed in very violent ways and so the grandmothers would teach the daughters how if the soldiers came to take their bodies to how to actually leave their body so all they got were the bones and the flesh and they didn't get their spirit and taught them how to come back into their body so their spirit wasn't damaged in the process so they didn't get a fragment spirit very powerful book it's yeah, awesome. Wow. Um, it's
1: called Daughters of What was it, Shauna?
0: Copper Woman And I don't even know Copper who it's Woman. by, but it is old okay. Like it's probably yeah. Well, not old by I'd be able to mind, find it on Amazon can it or something Yeah, exactly So anyway, um, wow. let's see We got two minutes So uh, yeah. the goddess of the week is Freya Who's a Norse goddess, and I chose her Because she is the She's the goddess Of the female ancestors So give her a uh, a look on the internet because we're just about out of time and I want to close the circle. So I call to all that I have asked to be with us at this juncture in time in this circle and thank you all for coming and share your power and wisdom in this powerful topic. Bless us as we move into the next part of our week and any transition so they are easy and effortless and we birth into the light and our best self with beauty and power and I release you from this circle and thank you all for coming to be here and uh I just want to thank you for coming and uh don't forget you can always email us at soulsisters65 at gmail.com and we have a facebook page and uh love and light to you all may you be blessed in the transition
1: thank you for listening and uh yeah have a great week